Good job, Ray. I'm at home watching other teams play. Hello and welcome to episode seven, right? Run number seven, I think. Yep, yep, yep. The yep. second try at number seven. Okay, cool. So, second attempt at number seven. This week's episode title: Depressed Brook. I like it. I think it makes sense, especially with that clip we just played. Clearly, a man who is not pleased with the results of the NBA season. So, uh, I'm John. I am your host this week. Grant and Justin did a great job last week. So, uh, who do we have with us this week? We have Justin. Hey! And we got Grant. I am back. And there you go, and also, <laughs> and laughing at Grant is Ayush. I am also back. Yeah, when's the last time you were on Ayush? Was it like two episodes ago? I, I think, think so. I give myself episode five, episode four around there. Right. Well, you came the back return. for a good... It's okay. Yeah, the return, this is this is good. I mean, you came back for a... Very, very good episode. Before we dive into NBA talk, though, we should briefly mention that we are now aligned slash joined up with this website, deafpenradio.com. They do all sorts of like NBA coverage, uh, general sports coverage as well. Um, pop culture coverage. Pop music, culture coverage. Music. So this is basically us saying that we've sold out. Sorry, guys. We blew it. We jumped the carp on this one. Yeah. We really jumped the carp. <laughs> Yeah, no, we uh we, we fucked up. Sorry, we're sellouts now. We're gonna we should start up a Patreon or something and like start charging people like six <laughs> what is it? Patreon's like you pay a dollar a month and you get extra content or something like that. That's so shit. That's so dumb. Yeah, well it's like fifty dollars for every five minutes of the show. Yeah. Well what we should do is you we should have Patreon content and just have like grant rant about things. That's oh, the bonus yeah. work. That the would grant be bonus awesome. pack. The, yeah. yeah, the Grant Rant Pack. Come on. Grant, Ooh. Oh, there you go. Grant Honestly, Land. we should just like do that just for the name. I don't care about ethics. The name is just perfect. Yeah, we can just fuck around and uh, do it. And the, the title of this the podcast is now The Midweek Exception, brought to you by Sprint. Well, now, actually, the NBA would be by Mountain Dew. Ooh. Yeah, because Justin, come they on. partnered up with Mountain Dew and Doritos, so I can only yeah. assume next is like World of Warcraft <laughs> or something. How because, because MLG Pro. Seriously, yeah, it's the, the perfect NBA. setup. God, they knew Gordon, what they were doing. They knew it was Gordon Haywood, the uh, the guy who led this charge. Hey, Why you play StarCraft, right? Uh, League, League of Legends. Legends I think. Oh, League I, of Legends. I actually love League of Legends. I picked it up. It's great. Is it? I never yeah. played it. I'm I too afraid. Like five months. I'm like afraid to jump into like MOBAs and those kind of games just They're because like, the people are really intimidating there. Like when I didn't know what I was doing, I got yelled at a lot. Cyberbullying is real, guys. Yeah, yeah, got... it is real on there. That's how you, you got to play bots and then get good. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe we should just start up our own team for like League of Legends and see what happens. Start up our own League of Legends podcast. There we go. <laughs> Gosh, it's it's brilliant. Well, all mid, right. The mid-season is... exception. Okay. God, you guys, this is not a League of Legends podcast. We get carried away sometimes, Grant. Come on. The, save Enjoy that it. for afterwards. I mean, I'm sure some people listening like League of Legends, but this is an NBA podcast. Come on, we got to get back down to business here. 
And there is a lot in the NBA to talk about. The regular season just wrapped up the last night. Um, it was pretty insane, I think. We can all agree to that. With like the Pacers yeah. and the Nets battling for the final spot in the East. The Spurs the, losing to the Pelicans Spurs and then dropping is, like four spots. Right? It's uh, Man, the West is such a fucking mess. So do you guys want to start off talking about all the Western uh, matchups first? We can just kind of run down them and we can each pick one that we think is like going to be a really good matchup to watch. Sounds good. Cool. So uh, the first matchup that's listed on NBA's website is Golden State and the New Orleans Pelicans. Then uh, the Dallas or yeah, the Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets, Clippers and Spurs, uh, Trailblazers and Grizzlies. So that's like a pretty solid first round of the playoffs, I think. Um, yeah, I think there's a clear cut best series though out of all of those, um, and that's the Clippers and the Spurs, two teams that both have no business losing in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. That both very high quality teams. Uh, my prediction is it's going to seven games. Um, still, I, I'm still so on the fence about who I even think is going to win because it's that much up in the air. One second, I think Spurs. One time, I think, you know, maybe it's finally the Clippers' time. And, uh, I mean, they're going to have to play the Spurs eventually if they want to get to their ultimate goal of the finals. But this is really just a, a bad matchup for the Clippers. And I think a lot of things we see with the Clippers, too, is um, that first round, they don't always look the best. They, they've been able to squeak out some first uh, first round wins recently. But it usually it seems to take them a couple games to kind of get in the swing of things. And that is, that is why I think the Spurs will end up taking the series in seven because I think the Spurs are firing on all cylinders. They're getting healthy. Um, and I think it's just going to end up being too much for the Clippers. Um, that being said, I could see it going either way. But I think it's just going to be the experience of the Spurs, the coaching of the Spurs, that is just going to eventually put them over the top and take out uh, the Clippers in seven. Yeah. I, I agree. Absolutely. I think the Spurs have to take it against the Clippers. I have it is a Spurs and six, honestly. I was I explain I yourself. Would, yeah, yeah, explain yourself. Because I'm I'm siding more with Grant actually. Yeah, I don't know. For me it's just it comes down to like the maybe the stupidest reason, but it's just hard to ever really bet against the Spurs. And I think the Spurs in the last like third of the season really turned yeah. it on got really 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 good Kawhi leonard has been playing out of his mind lately outside of getting blocked by anthony davis yesterday um <laughs> but like otherwise you know it's just hard for me not to give it to the spurs um it'll be a really good series i don't think there's gonna be any blowout wins or anything like that but to me i think the spurs have a bit more depth to their team i think they can uh they'll be able to do pretty well against the clippers yeah i mean the thing is, though, I, I kind of see agree or see what Grant's saying in that the first round is usually the hardest for the Spurs, especially if you look last year. They almost lost to the Mavs. I believe that was the first round. Yep, seven games. Yeah, that one. That was the only one that went to seven games. Yep. So I would say that that one's gonna be definitely the most interesting to watch. But I also kind of really want to see that Golden State game, even though Golden State will, I for sure win. I just want to see Anthony Davis destroy their bigs. Yeah, I I just want to see him destroy their bigs. That'll be fun. And it's like seeing how hyped that team was when they realized that they had gotten a uh, spot in the playoffs. Like going back to the locker room, dancing around and shit. Like it's just really nice to see that from, you know, Anthony Davis and a team that last year wasn't particularly good. And the fact that, you know, they were able to get the eighth seed this year and they took a pretty big leap to get there. So 
They better be excited, though. Their entire front office and coaching staff just kept their jobs. That's a good reason, that's a good reason to celebrate also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That got, uh, got, got real for a second there. Well, yeah, Hooray. That, Hooray, we're going to be able to feed our families this year. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, so what are we thinking, though? Um, I mean, I think all of us are just going to say Golden State's winning. I don't think we have any... Uh, uh, Pelicans homer, I should say, because those are the only people that would pick the Pelicans to win. Um, I want to say sweep, but I'm, I'm going to say five. I'm going to say yeah, five. Okay, fine. You can have five. I'll take the sweep. Um, and uh, really, I'm reacting to kind of what Justin just said about Anthony Davis destroying the Warriors bigs. I really kind of disagree. I think Anthony Davis is obviously going to have kind of a monster series, but I don't think it's going to be as much of a kind of one-man army, Anthony Davis putting up like 40 and 15 every single game because you can't sell uh, Andrew Bogut short. He's been a great defensive yep. player. You know, he, he's a top. He's going to be top, probably top five, top six in defensive player of the year voting. And they also have a guy who very well could be the defensive player of the year in Draymond Green. So I don't think we're going to see Anthony Davis destroy as much as people are assuming. And also, we can't forget that this is his first time in the playoffs, and the playoffs are a completely different game. And a lot of rookies don't have as much, or not rookies, player, young, players. Young, young players in their first playoff experience. So playoff rookies um, tend to not perform as well. You get the anomalies like Derrick Rose, who comes and stunts his first game, but uh anthony davis i don't think will be as dominant as people are expecting in this series yeah no definitely i completely agree i think you know he's obviously gonna have like a pretty nice stat line but it's it won't be i'm gonna say the uh warriors win it in five so i agree with Aish on that but i think you know he'll probably have like two games where he has like a completely monster stat line but otherwise i don't know i just don't think he's gonna be able to uh perform nearly as well as people are expecting from him on you know night in night out basis during the playoffs because rookies don't always perform that well kind of like what you said i guess is there any other like western conference match i feel like you, you guys are sleeping on portland and memphis a little bit i feel yeah. like that'd be a nice matchup i know memphis has been slumping a little bit and aflalo's injured right now but i feel like I feel like this one's gonna go to seven it's gonna be a nice one for me, think, yeah, go ahead, Grant, sorry. I was just going to say, I think this is going to be the LaMarcus-Aldridge series. I think Zebo versus Aldridge, that'd be nice. But, Z- see, Zebo's great. I mean, love watching him play, especially in the playoffs. But I think he's going to have a hard time chasing yeah. around LaMarcus. I think LaMarcus is, we're going to, re- you know, it's the constant yearly reminder of how good he is in the playoffs. He's just going to be knocking down his mid-range all day. And I think he... He's going to get at Zebo a little bit, and that's not to say Zebo won't get his own against uh, LaMarcus, but I think uh, that that's going to be um, a really interesting series to see, and I think it's going to be kind of LaMarcus Aldridge one-man versus the Grizz. I mean, ultimately, the Grizz are too good of a team and too experienced of a playoff team to lose mm-hmm. this series. Um, I think they'll, they'll lock it up in six, but I think LaMarcus Aldridge is the player to watch in that series. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be opposed to either. I mean, also like looking at the regular season record, Memphis was four zero against. Oh, really? Portland. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, that's kind of I guess my logic why I wasn't super hyped about it. I mean, you know, I know that I would agree that Lamarcus Aldridge will be the player to watch during this series. But um, you know, as much as I really do like Portland as a team, like I just don't see them particularly doing well against memphis i think just the fact that their team is so beaten up and battered going into the playoffs is just going to put them at a massive disadvantage 
Yeah, I think the real series to uh, watch that people are sleeping on is Dallas-Houston. Yeah, that'll be um, fun. I think that's going to be a way better series than um, Portland-Memphis, uh, just because you've got a Dallas team that started off the year unbelievably hot, then they got Rondo and kind of went downhill. <laughs> but if you guys have watched Mavs in the last couple of weeks, Dirk looks back to his former self. We still There's still the high possibility that Rondo – um, like just as his full-on turn-up in the playoffs like he's done before. Now, granted, that's not a guarantee, but I think it's certainly a possibility in this series that we see Rondo get back to form. Uh, Chandler Parsons has been injured, but I'm almost positive he's, he's he'll be playing in, in this series. Tyson Chandler, an established vet, and Rick Carlisle, um, my opinion, the second-best coach in the NBA behind Pop. Um, and all that's going against a possible MVP in James Harden. Um, and I think... I mean, again, if people are going to discount Dwight Howard too, remember what you can't forget what he did in the first round last year, and he looked pretty dominant. Um, so if the Rockets can kind of fire on all cylinders and keep it together, they should find a way to kind of run away with this series. However, I don't think that's going to be what happens, and I think this is, I think this is a series that probably, besides Spurs Clippers, I think this has might even have a better chance to go to seven. Um, and I think they're just going to be close games. Just because there's so much talent on both sides, there's veterans on both sides, there's, uh, I mean, I think it's a one-sided coaching matchup. Obviously, Carlisle's infinitely better than McHale, but it's just going to be a really interesting uh, series kind of battling for Texas bragging rights. Me, I probably have the Rockets winning. I think top to bottom, they are a far superior team than the Mavericks. Maybe it's just because I haven't really watched the, Maver- the uh, Mavericks a hell of a lot this season. And I guess, you know, part of me still does have this image of Dirk from earlier in the season where he didn't look particularly great. By no means was he like an awful player, but it wasn't the Dirk that we all know and love. So I think a lot of it kind of goes to what you said, said though, is that for the Mavs, it has to be a lot of players just getting everything going like exactly like Rondo has not lived up to what people wanted out of him in Dallas. Absolutely like, not. He's been he's been pretty terrible. He's been like, terrible. Like there's really no way to show that young thirty percent from the free throw line. Like how the hell do you do that even? I, I mean, it makes me question. <laughs> One leg. It makes Close me question his confidence, you know. And confidence is kind of what the playoffs are all about. So again, maybe he flips the switch um, and gets back to his uh, earlier form from you know when he's a guaranteed triple double like every game in the playoffs, but. By no means is that a guarantee. And, I mean, if Rondo doesn't show up for this series, this is going to be Houston in five. But One thing that um, you guys haven't mentioned, though, is no Demo. They're only low post scorer. I think that's going to hurt them a lot during yeah, this series. D- Dwight's back. I think Dwight's he, not necessarily a low post scorer, though. He's more of a fr- face-up scorer, you know? Yeah. Demo's the only one who's got the post. Honestly, I, I go back to last uh, series, first round. He was playing back to the basket. He was posting up a lot in that yeah, first yeah. round against the Trailblazers. Like during the you got you have to keep remembering the playoffs are a completely different game and where a lot of people are get away with kind of run and gun face up shooting a lo- most teams will gravitate to half court basketball dump it down low back to the basket work inside out not as much uh, fast break um, you know as the regular season so I think people are again are under are underselling Dwight if he's anywhere near healthy he should have a pretty good series granny's got tyson chandler on him mm-hmm. but still i don't think the loss of demo is as dire as people um are making it out to be because 
he was kind of their saving grace when Dwight Howard was out for, you know, 60% of the season. Yeah, seriously. Um, he was yeah. gone but, this season. He was but absent. Dwight's back. And Dwight Merriman. He's definitely better than Demo. I don't think there's any argument for Demo being better than Dwight. And um, I just think that if Dwight's anything like he was last year, that loss of Demo will not hurt them. And it will by no means be something that keeps them from an ultimate goal. Plus, they have that bench depth with uh, Josh Smith looking actually good and competent now. Corey, Corey Brewer. Brewer. Mm-hmm. Pritchie, yeah. I don't know if he's done anything for them. <clears throat> I haven't really. Yeah, we have the Jet also. So I kind of look at the more I'm sold on Brockets taking it kind of easily. I mean, who knows, though? I mean, Rondo could just go completely nuts. Worth noting also, Houston led them in the regular season 3-1. Uh, to one. Exactly. Yeah. It's also in Rondo's best interest to play really well at the end of the season now that he's going to be a free agent next year and he's probably not going to mm-hmm. come back to the Mavs. Yeah. So it's all the chips are in the favor of him having to play. Going well. off. Exactly. He can't take, he can't slag. Yeah. No, he absolutely has no uh no room to uh, take take the entire playoffs off and just kind of fuck around. So, one move on to the Eastern Conference. Yeah, might as well go on the Eastern Conference. Well, so, uh, this is a completely different story. I don't see a single matchup that's interesting in yeah, this one. All, all of these matchups fucking suck first round. Like, it's, none of them are... Yeah. There's one that we'll get to yeah, that see. might have potential. So, going from the NBA website, of course, uh, Atlanta and Brooklyn. Like, I'm like, kind of pissed off, too, that the Nets got in the playoffs. Didn't deserve mind. it. Brooke Lopez just beasted for about two weeks and like willed them to the playoffs. And I mean, I'm I'm not a very big Brooke Lopez fan. I understand he's good, uh, but he's just not one of my uh, favorite players. Not mm-hmm. someone I necessarily enjoy watching that much. Mm-hmm. And just the Nets as a whole, um, I don't really appreciate the state of their organization. I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, I, I mean, their front office is full of idiots they've got uh, a absentee owner who is <laughs> trying like, to dump the team off to anyone at the yeah moment. i mean just again it just comes down to just the nets as a whole just don't seem like a team that deserves even playoffs and this is also we just had that paul pierce article outlining how basically yeah. every single person on that team besides him and kg didn't care didn't want to show up for practice barely wanted to play in the games um they just they don't excite me I don't think they're a very good team, and I think they robbed us of what could have been a much more entertaining first-round matchup. Um, now, with Paul George getting carried off yesterday, that's a little different. But still, I think just the Pacers is an organization. They've got Larry Bird uh, running things. They're just better overall organization. Yep. Um, I, and I think they, they play better team basketball, too. Maybe the Nets have the better individual players, but the Pacers, I think, play better team basketball. They'd be a more uh, entertaining team to watch in the playoffs, and they're more experienced in the playoffs, yeah. too, so they would have been able to give Atlanta a better a better shot. So I know I just completely avoided yeah. talking about the actual series of the Nets versus the Hawks, but that's, that's No, we, my, we need that grant, Rhett. Because, okay. yeah, be- yeah, because it's totally it's like a fuck it, who cares thing. Like Atlanta's yeah, gonna Hawks take it four. easily. Hawks and four, yeah, no, definitely, I completely agree. Hawks are gonna sweep them. Um, it just to add on to why it sucks the Pacers didn't make it in that turnaround the Pacers had as a team in the uh, second half of the yeah. season after the All Star break. Holy shit! Them and the Celtics, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you, like those were those two teams. Like they were up there in the best in the NBA in the last half of the season. So it just sucks to see. 
a team that really put work in to see that how the team bonded together and really pushed. And then Paul George coming back for them to miss out on the playoffs. Like, you know, they were kind of fucked though in that last game. Yeah. It's got to make you appreciate Frank Vogel even more if, for everyone. Anyone who wasn't sold on Frank Vogel this year should prove to you that he is a great coach because similar to what Tibbs did without Derek, you know, he willed his team. His team had already had been there. They were an established uh, kind of veteran dominated team that he knew could win. And he willed that team. He schemed for that team and he brought them within, you know, a game of the playoffs. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, that. Yeah. But we should fire Tibbs. So wait, can I, can I say one thing? Yeah. I think the absolute trash that is Derek Willi- Darren Williams this year doesn't deserve to play in the playoffs. Playing all right for a little bit when work was going off. Everything that I've seen this year, I've watched quite a few games, is just been garbage. I I really don't like Darren Williams, just his play this year. I'm so disappointed because I, I, liked, I liked him yeah. before, and I'm just so disappointed at how bad he's playing. I remember... I, um. In the off season, when they said that he got an ankle surgery or whatever, and I was like, "Oh shit, Darren's back!" And this is like his worst season to date. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, said. God, there was so, so disappointing. The uh, Darren Williams hype going this season was. Uh, I yeah, I thought he. I don't think he'd be like a top five point guard, but I thought he'd be at least serviceable. Yeah, but he had I mean, Jared Jack starting over. Yeah, I was gonna say there were stretches where like, Jared Jack looked a lot better than Darren Williams. Like, was there ever a point where what? Was there ever a point where Williams was coming off the bench? I, I believe so. I, I don't there know was. how long it was, but I know there was a portion of time where he was like the sixth or seventh man off the bench. Right, yeah. And I just want to say it'll be fun to see maybe some Cal Corver versus Iso Joe Axon. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on that bit. Who knows? Uh, no, no, you're not. No, fuck it. I'm trying to really <laughs> convince myself I want to care about the Eastern side of the playoffs, but there's... There's nothing. Um, next up is Cleveland and Boston. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Can so I make a quick bold, uh, bold yeah. uh, claim here? Go for it. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to resemble both Celtics from like uh, five years ago. Mm. 2009. Yep i I don't know why because I mean I was listening to uh, the BS report and Bill talking to his dad, and they're even like there, there's no you know there's no way there's no nothing. But I just have this weird, sneaky feeling that this series is going to be tied at two, uh, at at the least. And this is this series is going to end up going six games somehow at the least, if not seven. I think again, Brad Stevens has coached the hell out of that team. They're firing on all cylinders right now. They've had amazing uh, second half of the year after the All Star break. They've been playing. I think their record is second to like Cleveland in the East. Yep, yep, you're right. Since the uh, All Star break. Um, and this is probably the worst series to make a bold claim about besides maybe the, uh, Warriors Pelicans, mm-hmm. but I just have this weird feelings that the history, the legacy of the Celtics and the way their team is playing, they're going to catch the Cavs sleeping a little bit. Cause let's not forget, this is Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving's first entrance into the playoffs. Uh, and remember Kyrie, like the third game of the year asked LeBron, like, Hey, Hey LeBron. Is this what the playoffs are like? Like, <laughs> that no, was, um... like no, you fucking moron. Like, <laughs> no, the playoffs are a completely different game, and I think that neither of those players are ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I say going off. Like, are you allowed to be pissed off at the Cavs on this podcast, or do you have to be kind of be objective? 
Um, let's let's try to stay objective. Yeah, stay objective. Grant's the Grant's you the subjective be, guy. You can be opinionated, but don't just be like, "Fuck, LeBron's not clutch." Yeah, no, no, not that. <laughs> I think is. the J.R. Smith comments about how LeBron should be MVP. Like, I understand the sentiment. You want to have, you know, you want to have your guys back and stuff. I, I, I just, it doesn't sit well. He with oversimplified me. it. Right, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me. The part where he's like Miami, a team that's barely like that isn't even going to be in the playoffs. Like it seems like it's so incredibly dismissive of like what has happened to that team throughout yep. the season, especially Bosch. Like exactly, if Bosch was in that lineup, they would be battling the Bucks for the six seed. Yeah, easy. like it's like it seems so careless to say something like that, and like and, and it, when he said um. With him coming back, Cleveland is a 52-win team now, and like he's totally discounting what Kyrie and Kevin Love, to a lesser extent, has been doing for that team as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of these. Like, again, I understand it. I understand why you would say it. you have to. You know, it's good for team chemistry and all that kind of shit. But like, it, it just didn't work for me, and it kind of annoyed me. It's one of those ones from like 2K12, where you answer the question, and it's like team chemistry up, <laughs> local support up, and then league wide down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, he fucked up. He's he's gonna get moved in two K. He's on one of my teams, I'm sure, or something like that. So I guess moving on to another pretty boring matchup: the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you mean boring? Fuck it, dude. Who even cares? Seven game home advantage, dude. Yeah. Okay. No, Ooh, you guys, I you consistently undersell the Bucks. No, this I'm is, actually I, I'm saying six. I'm saying Bulls in six. I, I think that there's gonna be a couple games where the Bucks are gonna. Bring it more than the Bulls are, and you honestly can do something stupid. You just listened to me yesterday say that, so you're stealing that. What? And, no, and now, I said five. You convinced me. You should be proud of yourself. Well, I'm going to switch back to um, my official prediction is Bulls in five, the Bucks steal game two in the UC. Um, but I would not be surprised if this uh, series went six and the Bucks uh, mm-hmm. win, win game five as well. Um, Again this, again, this is a great defensive team. That's the one thing they will for sure bring into the playoffs. Um, you kind of undersell. They do have some veteran experience with Zaza. Ursan's even been to the playoffs before. So they've got, they've got a decent guy coming off the bench. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, OJ Mayo kind of can contribute because I don't see him as much of a... Uh, much of a playoff contributor that much. I just don't think necessarily his style of play fits that well. But I'm really excited to see Giannis in the playoffs. I'm really excited to see what Chris Middleton does in his first appearance in the playoffs. And I'm sad for what MCW will do in his first <laughs> series in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm already sad because I think he's going to be a complete sieve um, and he's going to look really bad. But again, this Bucks team, they're sneaky good at times. And if they start hitting some shots... They could easily steal a game if not to. Yeah. If I'm not I, mistaken, the Bulls are what four and in the series for the regular no, season. Three no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I was I'm in sorry. a Bucks house when they lost to yep. the Bucks, and there was many fuck yous directed at me for no <laughs> apparent reason. Yeah, is like you know, as if you don't get enough of those on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, you know what, thing, it, what? What it was sorry, in that game ahead. that fucked up the Bulls was Mike Carter Williams posting up. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bro, that's when he had that exactly good game. That oh, yeah, I remember. Goofy. I remember that. It made no sense, but it was really funny to watch. See, and I don't think he's gonna be recreating that in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, two years down the road, he might be a dominant guard posting up. But again, I think I probably sound like a broken record at this point, 
but the playoffs are a totally different game. And your first trip to the playoffs, especially when you're a player like him who's kind of known for inefficiency and, and turnovers and some sloppy play, like you just get torn apart, especially by a Bulls team who has been there the last you know four years. They've been to the conference finals. They've got a veteran core, and they are a studly defensive team. It just does not bode well for the Bucks this year. But that being said, they're an exciting team to watch, and I'm really excited for the first time that uh, Giannis tries to ISO at the end of one of these games. Yeah. It's either going to go really, really well, and he's going to dunk it or have a beautiful like kick to Chris Middleton in the corner, or he's just going to like fall over himself and get pickpocketed. Either way, entertainment. Fucking I, want to do, I want to see him do that angry face again. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Fucking sucks, though, for the Bucks, knowing that, like, I think most yeah, Bucks fans them, were able to scoop up tickets to their playoff thing because the tickets were really cheap or whatever before they even knew they were facing the Bulls and the Bulls didn't know they were going to be facing the Bucks. But, like, I feel like two-thirds of that stadium is going to be all Bucks fans. One-third is going to be Bulls fans, which yeah. kind of sucks. I can because see it, that. Yeah. What, during free throws, it's going to be silent, except you're going to hear some booing from very vocal Bulls fans. So, and MVP champs for like one of our players. Yeah, and like it kind of sucks, but you know, at the same token, I guess it's kind of like a rite of passage. Like, welcome to the fucking playoffs. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, for any Bucks fans who have not, who are thinking about going and are deciding not to, just go. Bradley Center. Yeah, it's old and decrepit and <laughs> shitty, but there's there's a kind of a there's a hominess to it, and really nostalgic y- factor. Your Bucks, yeah, your Bucks need the support. Um. And I'm Bulls fans too. I mean, I know the Bulls fans will travel. I've been a Bulls fan in the Bradley Center before. And John, you're probably underselling the percentages. It really easily could be 50 50. Then there could also be more Bulls fans than Bucks fans uh, in that arena. I but I'm, I'm, that. I'm calling. I'm calling on any Bucks fan in Milwaukee. It costs no money to go to these games. Go support your team, and uh, you know, like what is it see the future or whatever their hashtag uh, is. own the future own, own the future yeah own the future bucks fans come on you got a great young team really exciting really exciting team to watch really entertaining uh and they really could use your support a lot like i said a lot of young guys in their first playoff experience they need all the support they can get uh instead of just being eaten alive by bulls fans both in chicago and milwaukee definitely any other like final statements anyone wants to make about that or should we just go on to uh raptors and wizards no we can go yeah on. All right, cool. So uh, final matchup, the Raptors and the Wizards, which I think we can all agree it's probably going to be the most interesting series. Most probability for an upset, these. in my opinion. Right, which I wouldn't be surprised if Washington gets past them. Yeah. Really, because John guys, Wall could just go nuts or something. Would you guys say that's the most interesting matchup of the East? For, yeah, of the East, yeah. Yeah. I would say easily is the most interesting. I mean, it's every the most single, balanced matchup of the East. Exactly. Like all the other ones, you kind of just like look at it and you're like, well, it's it's a given. Like we can say, oh, the Celtics might give Cleveland a bit of trouble, or or, or like the Bucks might take one game in Chicago. You know, that, but like it. we're like pretty much sure that Toronto Washington is gonna right gonna like, be tight. Yeah, which I mean, like it, I think they match up pretty well against each other um yeah. also just the storyline of like two coaches that have solely become hated by their fan bases <laughs> squaring who, off okay, let's just figure, figure it out right now who would you take casey or whitman casey yeah casey, casey. yeah I'm, I'm a casey guy yeah definitely grant, grant does not care thanks well grant <laughs> would rather die 
<laughs> decide. Yeah, Grandis takes silence over it all. But I think, you know, ultimately, I think Casey is a significantly better coach. There is a lot of uh, Raptors fans who seem really, really frustrated with it seems like a lot of the issue lies in the fourth quarter defense. A lot mm-hmm. of people are very, very angry about that. But um, it's going to be an interesting series, though. I think Kyle Lowry and his like how well he can perform is going to be interesting, especially yeah. coming off the fact that he just is coming back from an injury now or being sick or whatever it was. So I don't know. It's going to be a it's going to be a pretty interesting battle between the two. I think I would take. Wizards in six, though, honestly. Yeah, I think uh, for some reasons, like the backcourt of John Wall and Bradley Beal, especially with Bradley Beal looking pretty good as of lately. Um, yeah, better than what we've seen. Yeah. Right, exactly. And like, I think that they will be able to challenge uh, Lowry and DeRozan fairly well. I mean, as long as Whitman isn't dumb, which is obviously not a guarantee, I can see the Wizards winning this. Yeah. To, to be fair, I think... Honestly, I'm the opposite way. The thing is, I don't want to see the Raptors win this. I'd rather see the Wizards go, but I feel like the Wizards' down spiral is their down spiral is much like a much steeper of a slope mm-hmm. than what the Raptors are going through right yeah. now. I think the Raptors will probably take this in six, just through Demar Derozan and Lou Williams, Kyle Lowry. I think they might just take that front court offensively and just mm-hmm. run with it. I'm not. And the fact that how unreliable the Wizards' uh, front court has been, just not that good. I, they not that great. And what's his name? Gortat. Gortat. Not really playing that well. I, I'm interested to see how that will go, but I think the Raptors will take that. See, see, I disagree with uh, your assessment of the Wizards' front court. That's actually a huge sell to me about why I think uh, why I agree with you, John, that the Wizards will win. I think it'll go seven games because, as you were saying too, Justin, the Raptors are uh, no slouch. They've got a great team as well. Um, but the front court of the Wizards, the fact that Nene and Gortat are, are established veterans, they've both been to the playoffs uh, multiple times, um, and I think we saw it last year too against the Bulls. Is Nene didn't have a very good regular season, but he came back and he was kind of able mm. to to body up uh, our big men. Um, and same same with Gortat. I think that there that whole team is different come playoff time. And when you have John Wall, Bradley Beal as you know arguably one of the best backcourts in the NBA, and then you match it up with two solid big body veterans that aren't afraid to kind of get dirty a little bit, especially in Nene, I, I just think that's going to be too much for kind of a still budding team of the Raptors. And I think when you're going against the, like Valanchunas, uh, I think he's still got a bright future. What's there for, Tupet? Uh, Tupet. No, Amir Johnson, right? Oh, it's Amir Johnson. Doesn't Amir Johnson come off the bench? Oh, maybe it uh, switched. I thought it was the um, the opposite. But, uh, I mean, even uh, Patrick Patterson, he – I mean, he's not the best defender. Um, again, he's not he's not the worst, but he's certainly not uh, the best. And he's still slightly undersized, so a guy like Nene should be able to kind of body him up. Yep. Um, and I think the, the slower paced uh, definitely helps the Wizards as well, just because of uh, their, their shooting and, and slashing and front court presence. Um, I think the Raptors rely a little bit more on getting out in transition and getting more uh, open shots in transition. So again, I kind of all that just makes me think the Wizards in seven. But this is another series that I think is just a complete toss up. Um, 
And uh, I know you guys mentioned the coaches, but I think the funniest thing to hear from these fan bases is both fan bases are kind of tentative on whether they even want to win the series because both want their coach fired and they're afraid <laughs> if they win yes. the first round, the, either Dwayne Casey or uh, Randy Whitman won't be fired. And both Great. fan bases are fearful of that. And I think that's just uh, kind of funny, kind of so a funny like dynamic. If we put it in this kind of like perspective, which team would you want to match up against like which team do you think matches up against the hawks well that'd make it actually a fun second round matchup mm-hmm. i'd say the wizards hasn't the raptors beaten the hawks a lot this year or am i thinking about come on that? I, I mean i don't think regular season ma- like i again i playoffs not, are a whole different ball game I'm, Justin. It's, it's a broken record but it's the <laughs> truth remember yeah. bulls uh heat swept but them ma- in the regular season and essentially got swept the matchup still mattered that's what i'm thinking about it doesn't matter like per se like oh just because they went 4-0 doesn't mean they're automatically going to win but matchups still matter i think i think the raptors might match up better than the wizards per se but then i'm still the front court if they if the wizards did play better than the raptors Mm -hmm. it's obviously going to be because of their front court and i think their front court if they're firing all on all cylinders could match up better against the uh the Hawks. So I don't know. That's a toss up for me. I don't. I don't really care which one wins. Yeah, I just see the Wizards as a better defensive team. Um, I wish I could actually get on my internet right now without crashing my computer to actually look at their rating, because um, I could be wrong. Um, but to me, the eye test tells me the Wizards are a better te- are the better defensive team, and I think that's what matters against the Hawks. You can have as much offense as you want, but if you can't stop. Uh, them if you can't stay to your defensive assignments and stay within your scheme and play good defense against the Hawks they'll put up you know 120 130 easy on you and I think that's going to be a problem with the Raptors if, if they you know they take one quarter off all of a sudden they're down 20 and I think the Wizards are just uh more equipped to play four full quarters and four full defensive quarters against the Hawks um again feel free to tell me I'm wrong but uh that's just kind of my eye test on at least those two teams against the Hawks. Yeah, I'm looking actually at basketball reference right now for a defensive rating, and the Wizards are fifth in the NBA. Uh, I don't have the Raptors rating on hand, but I can uh, pull I think it up. The, yeah. I'm looking at uh, points per game, or opponents' points per game, and the Raptors are very, very low on the list, as in they're well, not I mean, good. What, are you saying points allowed or points made? Points allowed. So they allow a lot of points. Uh, well, Which I mean, I don't think you that can has do. to do with pace too. You know, because I mean, Grant was saying like they're fast-paced, you know, transition game. But yeah, I, I'm still holding up with the Wizards being yeah. their defensive I, team. I have the Raptors defensive team. The guys want or defensive rating. The guys want to each take a stab at it. I'll give 16th. you a hint. It's very bad. Worse than sixteenth. Twentieth. No, not that bad. Wait, 19, no. Did you say twenty-eighth? Twenty. I said twentieth. Okay, two worse zero. than that. Worse than two zero? Yes. Oh, I God. said twenty-two. Worse than that. 24. Worse than that. 27. No, better than that. 26? Better than that. What is this? 25, yeah. I yeah, got it. there you go. You did the math. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they are 25th. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that just adds credence to everything I've yeah. kind of been saying. And, again, that just contributes even more so why I think the Wizards are going to be able to pull it out because – a lot of times, I mean, in these first-round series, defenses exactly. actually win. I mean, when you get to the conference finals, a better offensive team, uh, you know, if they're that good at offense to make the conference finals, they can usually ride their offense a little bit. But 
Um, first round, I think defensive beats defense beats offense every single time. And if it's that much of a discrepancy where the Wizards are that much better, they're fifth in the NBA in defense versus twenty fifth like the Raptors. Yeah, I mean. I'm even questioning Game 7 at this point. That's really selling me what? on the Wizards taking this series. What and I love is... Yeah, go for it. yeah, what I love is that like it's the complete like opposite for offensive rating. The Raptors are 4th, and the Wizards are 22nd. See? Like, holy shit. It's so... I'm still going to go with what Grant's saying, where defense wins the first round more than the offense does, but with that discrepancy in both categories it might be closer than we're letting on yeah that's very true i didn't expect the wizards to be that porous of an offensive team but uh, in the same token you know they've got playmakers and they've got veterans who know how to who know how to play playoff basketball so i mean i'm sticking with my pick i still think the wizards are going to yeah they're just they again like i said before they just seem more equipped for playoff basketball definitely also also, I just want to add, uh, the guess this will probably be the final statement, is the guy who throws the monkey in the wrench, or monkey in the system. <laughs> or the wrench the into wrench the, in the system. system. Holy the shit. monkey wrench into Necessity the system. breeds innovation. <laughs> hey, that's a good one, all right? That's my favorite ones, I think. <laughs> but I guess throws the monkey into the system. We'll think about it like that. Um, is Paul Pierce. I will be very hyped to see Paul Pierce shut down the Raptors' postseason dreams for the Twice. second time. Two years in a row. That would be great. The truth yeah, hurts. I'd absolutely love it. I plus, hope he has a good game. Plus I hope there, he... there was that quote from DeMar DeRozan where he's like, I don't really care what Paul Pierce says. Because Paul Pierce, I guess, was talking some smack or something. So Probably talk about DeMar Carroll's hair. <laughs> Just what does that do with the Raptors? <laughs> oh, because it leads up to the matchup, the second round. Oh, okay. okay, okay. God. Um, should we move on to our MVP voting stuff then? I think it's time. Cool. So I guess prior to this, uh, I have to give a shout out to the R Baseball podcast. Um, the MLB season just started up, which is really exciting to me. I know it's exciting to you guys since you're all huge baseball fans, or at least trying to get into it and all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, Take like, me out to the ball game. There we go. See? I got you, dude. I, I know how you feel about the, the crack of the bat. Yeah, the smell of the pine. I'm actually I'm, no. I'm seriously gonna try to keep up with this this season. I'm gonna give it a shot. So yeah, like it's if you need to keep up with it, this podcast is really good because they do a lot of like, it's it's a mix of like being really funny and like how they talk about certain players and like a lot of it kind of flies over my head until I look up a player's statistics. Then I realize like, oh, this is why they're laughing at this guy. Yeah. Um, in a similar way, like they can actually get really really deep into the game and do some very close analysis not only of players and teams but also of the mlb as a whole and like the last episode i listened to which i think is the most recent one they put out they were diving into a conversation about how basically baseball has fallen off so much as like a sport with younger people be so many people just rather turn tune into like basketball or to football or something like that and like kind of what needs to happen with the MLB to make them more to make it more accessible to a younger audience. And it was interesting because then they brought up like that the that the NBA has star power on their side. Like mm-hmm. you have Blake Griffin jumping over a car and that became such a huge thing. Like that blew up for better or worse. I still think it's like one of the silliest and dumbest things, but like whatever. I hate that choir. We'll so talk stupid. about that, but go, so go ahead, Jeff. So, yeah, so they basically went into a conversation about that, and it was like, a really interesting thing to think about, and I kind of thought about it for a while. So, yeah, if you want to like, look it up, go on Pocket Cast, iTunes, 
in the search for our baseball podcast. Um, yep. You yep. might have throw forward slashes in there and it's the letter R since they are representing the uh, baseball subreddit page on reddit.com. So totally worth looking into. Episodes are pretty like a good length, like hour to like an hour 45 from what I've gathered, which is nice if you're at work or something like that or have a long commute ahead of you. So yeah, totally worth listening to. Um, going back to NBA talk though. So for freecheeseandhotsauce.com and the midweek exception, we did our voting for the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I think our results are kind of what people would expect. Getting right into it, our MVP that we decided amongst all of us was James Harden of the Houston Rockets. So should we define MVP right now or yeah yeah it's going to <laughs> yeah the uh, the uh I mean we all had different definitions that we didn't come to uh an agreement yeah. on what an MVP was um did any of you guys have uh Curry I had Curry but I switched it once I found out Harden had the second seed right so I guess therein lies a definition of MVP which we shouldn't dive into because yeah. it's it's such like a subjective Being thing down topic too. Yeah, no, it's it's the uh, the what is art of basketball, I think. <laughs> but yeah, there's a case definitely to be made for Curry being MVP. Oh and yeah, definitely. A, I mean, 67 wins that pretty much puts him in the favorite spot. Yeah, he there's a very very strong case to be made for him. And what I took into account was if you take those players off of each of their teams, which team suffers more without a player? Because the mm-hmm. value is like. Like it's it's seriously almost like an indefinable thing because it to me it's basically is a team a lot shittier without a given player. Yeah, to me, for me, the, and I always thought it's who's more the, the 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 term is most valuable. So I always think of it who's more valuable to their team, who contributes the most, right? And also achieves the wins as well. Yeah, like and to me in that regard, no doubt it's James Harden. Yeah. I think without James Harden, what? Like, what are the Houston Rockets? You know, I mean, they Jason have Dwight Terry. Howard. Jason Terry. You have Dwight Howard. Um, yeah. Well, for then, some of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to work out. Exactly. And to me, it, it came down literally to one person getting their vote in with like a few minutes or not minutes, a few hours before we tallied everything up. I was trying to make a fake sense of urgency there, I guess. But uh, <laughs> Two seconds. <laughs> two seconds. The it's bomb like, was about to explode. Yeah, right. It's like it's showing the digits counting down. You can see the milleseconds and all that. Like, Picard, oh, Picard, please. Yeah, please, Picard, please, Picard. <laughs> but yeah, we all decided on it being James Harden. Not really all of us. I mean, it was a handful of people. And uh, Harden won it. Um, obviously, strong case for Steph Curry as well. Yep. Did anyone want to like really promote why Curry should have won it, or really what the logic was outside of like the sixty-seven wins? Uh, I mean, best shooting season ever again. Just historic numbers again. Consistency yeah, again. Sh- just shooting though, that doesn't get you an MVP. Oh yeah, but it adds to the storyline, of course. And I mean, that's what the reporters and the beat writers usually take into account yeah i mean and there was other uh there's a lot of things that came out in the last week too um showing that stephen curry on the uh floor meant uh, basically as much as james harden on the floor to the rockets um so i mean i was definitely almost swayed into the stephen curry boat because again you know best player on the best team in the league uh but what it really came down to me uh was the eye test mm-hmm. james harden just appeared to mean more 
to his team. And I think a lot of the stats did uh, back that up a lot. Maybe Curry was closer in terms of, you know, meeting more to his team than, uh, than I saw. But if you took James Harden off of that roster, I think that team is uh, scrambling to kind of be an eight seed. Whereas James Harden on that team without Dwight Howard for over half the season, he just locked up the second seed in, you know, one of the most contentious playoff races in recent memory in this Western Conference. So Harden locking up the two seed adds uh, validity to his argument for MVP because, you know, he did get that second seed in the West. Um, But we also have to remember that, like, one game separates them from the Spurs, which is kind of ridiculous. But um, I don't know. There's cases for both. I think I expect the actual MVP to probably end up being Curry. But uh, I think Harden certainly deserves a shout-out, and I hope he gets more votes than I'm expecting him to because I think he did have a pretty unbelievable season, and he did carry, you know, he carried that team all year. He really did. So you're saying that basically the drop for the Rockets if they lost James Harden would be larger than the drop the Warriors would have if they lost Curry? I think without a doubt, and I, it comes to also the state of each position. Um, yes, Stephen Curry is you know the best shooter of his generation. Mm-hmm. Arguably, going to you know go, he's going to be in the talks for greatest shooter of all time, especially by the end of his career. Um, but the state of point guards right now, um, I think you can find a serviceable point guard to come in and uh, and I mean not play the similar role because of the way he pulls defense, but. Um, for example, Bulls last year lose Derek, pick up DJ Augustine. I think if that same thing happened to the Warriors and they had you know a guy like DJ Augustine just sitting out there waiting to go, even a guy like uh, like Jordan Crawford this year, they bring him him in and maybe let him play a little point. Um, I think that that drop off would not be as uh, as severe because they have all these other players who've taken you know the proverbial next step. Clay Thompson. You know, took the next step. Draymond Green got better. A point candidate. Bogut is uh, consistent at this point. You know, coming and playing great minutes. Uh, Iguodala is in the sixth man of the year. Uh, Barnes com- is playing well competition. too. Yeah. So even Harrison Barnes had his uh, bright spots throughout the season. And then if you go look at the Rockets and you take uh, James Harden out of that lineup and you know put him in with your average shooting guard, I think that team falls off a cliff. Oh, definitely. It's I I yeah, agree with Justin. I, I'm just gonna say I agree with you. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. done with Grant. I was expecting uh, some contention. Yeah, I love that. Like initially, I thought Justin's gonna put like a really strong argument. Otherwise, he's hey, like, wait, nah, you're gonna do. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, wait a minute. So you're trying to say that this and this? <laughs> okay. Yes. God. You know what? You sound, you sound about right. <laughs> the uh, the next category we had was Rookie of the Year, which I think did everyone vote Wiggins for us. No, like everyone. What's popping? Who didn't? If someone voted Nico first, I'm we, not friends with them. We had two people vote for Nico. Jesus I think. which is kind of an embarrassment. Um, God, like too homer for me. Look, way too homer. Like, I like Nico a lot. He is very, very good for the Bulls. He is awesome in the fourth quarter when he is takes pretty over. Pretty phenomenal in March, but yeah. yeah, go ahead. And honestly, for me, Nico does. He's not even my number two. I give it to yeah, Nico. He was my number two. Yep. How would you feel if I told you the difference for Nerlens Noel from before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break? Before the All-Star break, he averaged 8.2 points a game, 7 rebounds, 1.6 steals. After the All-Star break, 
13.1 points, 10 rebounds, and 2.3... Or, uh, sorry, uh, 2.1 steals. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing, is I think everyone knew Wiggins was going to get it. I think if yeah. Nerlens <clears throat> Noel had looked as good as he did after the All-Star break, and he was that good throughout the whole season, or for at least like the majority of the season... I think he would have given him a good run for his money. But Wiggins to that team is just so, like, he's so important to what that team was this season. Like, granted, they did end with the worst record in the NBA. <laughs> so important. No, so, so it could have been worse. It could have been, it could have been worse. Negative wins. Negative wins. Yeah, it's like, fuck, you guys don't get anything. But, uh, <laughs> like, Wiggins, it was so, like, huge to the team. It's hard not to give it to him. I mean, granted, yeah. he also was playing like consistently he only he didn't miss any games he started every single game and he played like team 37 36 something <laughs> like that minutes yeah i'm looking right now as per game 36.2 minutes per game uh 16.9 points that's four, great 0.6 rebounds 2.1 assists shooting 43 percent so it's hard not to give it to wiggins i think and i think that people are trying to even that people are even contemplating making a case for it being Nico is completely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's like the per 36 numbers um, where yeah. Nico kind of he, he matches up very well. Averaging 18 and 9, by the way, per 36. Which, again, those are great numbers, but let's take a step back and let's think. Did Nico actually average 18 and 9? Nope. No, he, he averaged 20 and 8 in March. Okay, for a uh, month. No, I'm being dumb. I'm being dumb. I'm with Wiggins. <laughs> no, I know. I know. No, but th- these are these are things we should we should address too. I'm just trying to trying to make it a little more clear cut. Like yeah. Nico, to me, he was my number two. I'll admit, part of that was probably part Homer because John, you say you like Nico. Well, you know what? I love Nico. <laughs> you yeah. love Nico. There, there, there's love coming from me to Nico. Um, and I, and I think he he deserves the number two personally. Um, Nerlens, uh, I'm definitely convinced he easily made my, you know, all rookie first team. But since everyone kind of had Nerlens, I used my third place vote, which I kind of used for almost every category. My third place vote was uh, more of a shout out vote yeah. than an actual, um, you know, necessarily deserving vote. Um, and so for this one, I actually picked Jordan Clarkson. Uh, he did not play um, as many games. He played uh, 59 games, and but. You know, he won, He beat Jeremy Lin for the starting job, started 38 of those 59 games. So basically 20 games in, they give, uh, you know, like an undrafted rookie or second round pick rookie, you know, the starting jobs on the Lakers, which is huge. And then he goes out, averages 12 points on, uh, you know, 48% shooting. Uh, or yeah, 40, 45% shooting, excuse me. I mean, 31 from three, 31% from three, which isn't that bad. But he also dished out, you know, three and a half dimes and got grabbed three boards um, over in the averaging 25 minutes. So, uh, again, you can uh, call me out on maybe a recency bias in terms of this mm-hmm. vote because he's done a lot of it, you know, towards the end of the year. But I think Jordan Clarkson certainly deserves some recognition for the season he put together because, yes, he's on a terrible team. They're so bad you know a rookie still shouldn't be able to come in and you know kind of almost take over a team the way he did um so that was kind of my shout out vote for rookie of the year yeah i'm also looking at our um our table where we did all our voting and i used properly and with good reason as a shout out to alfred payton of the orlando magic i like him man i like yeah i like him too i think he's gonna be a 
really good point guard for them for a while. A really nice facilitator. I like Definitely. Justin. He just really needs to learn how to shoot a mid-range ah. shot. Like, if he can just start knocking down a mid-range, I'm not even asking him to shoot a three, but, like, he... I don't know. Alfred Payton, I think he's definitely got a bright future. He's certainly got the size. Um, got the hair. Yeah, but I think that's a lot, <laughs> well, a lot of reason why a lot of people are voting, too. He's just he's such an easy guy to remember. Um, he, again, he had a good year. He's got a promising future, but I am not as sold on Alfred Payton as some other people are. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry, Alfred. It's okay. Come on, man. You're every five <laughs> we, seconds. You're killing me, dude. We have to disagree on some things here. Like, yeah. we can't oh. see, like the agreeable podcast. Why can't we all podcast. be friends, though? The Which... next category is where we're going to all disagree a little bit. I think. Yeah, I, I just looked, and I'm pretty sure I made a mistake, but I'm not going to switch it again. Okay. So, so quickly, I was going to say, Justin, any thoughts for Rookie of the Year? Uh, justifying your uh, pick for Wiggins and giving Nico number two is it kind of just same the stuff same that we things, were going yeah. over? Yeah, I just wanted to do it. <laughs> I just had to, I couldn't put anybody else in too. Yeah. Not with, like I, I saw put, the opportunity and went for it. Exactly. Yeah. I took it. I was like, all right, I'm not bold enough to put him at one because Wiggins is just playing out of his hands. He's in the perfect. He's in the perfect situation to play it, play well, to win yeah. Rookie of the Year, and he did. He played really well. He deserves it. The only person who I think really could have competed with him is Randall. Because he was also playing for the Lakers, he had the opportunity to start and play a lot of games, get a lot of minutes, and put up hopefully relatively the similar numbers. He could have competed for it, but since he got injured, that's it. It's yeah. over. And the thing is, Nico played great. I mean, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Nico, but the amount of time put in, it's not fair. It's it's just not fair to yeah. compare the two. Yeah, so we were kind of cheated out of a really good rookie of the year race between Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Parker. Fucking oh, sucks. Oh yeah, Jabari something's Parker, in the water. Yeah, <laughs> he could have. He could have also competed. So yeah, yeah. Just sorry to disrespect him like that. I can't. I totally forgot. Oh no, it's fine. No one's. Uh, <laughs> no one knows Maddie. Don't worry. Grant's don't shit, pissed, dude. Don't shit you. Don't shit on yourself. You'll be okay. I think. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, so defensive player of the year. We gave it to Draymond Green. Mm. Yeah. He was not my first pick. I will say yeah. that. Grant, Grant's first pick should have been my first pick. Kawhi Leonard was my yep. number one pick. It was Grant's as well. And for me, I think it's tough because, again, Draymond Green, you can make a very, very strong case for him. He... um. You know, it's obviously he's, he's so huge and as a part of that defense for the Golden State Warriors. But to me, it's like, I don't know. It, it's hard. I, I think also I have a little bit of bias going into this season because of all like the playoff talk about, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard is like one of the best defenders in the game. That carried over in my mind when I was voting for all this stuff. Um, but Kawhi, he is. He's number one right now for defensive rating for the season. It's just i think he should win it yeah i mean what he plays 67 games i think it is 66 64 64 i think that's enough right i so, think so i'm i'm i have notes jotted down because i realized this is the one thing where i was gonna be like no like fuck it i don't i don't agree with this at all um so to give draymond green credit his defended field goal percentage meaning when players were shooting when he yep. was defending against people was 
significantly, not significantly better, but was better than Kawhi Leonard's. I could pull up the numbers, but unfortunately I closed the tab because I'm always ill-prepared for things. But (laughs) we also have to consider, though, that he did play more games than Kawhi, 79 games compared to 64 games. But also players took more shots when Draymond Green was defending them, whereas with Kawhi, the average was 14 shots when Draymond was defending a player, whereas Kawhi was 9.2 shots. So That's facing a three, who traditionally shoots a lot as well. Right. So I, I, am I reading into these numbers too much and thinking that there has to be some sort of adjustment in the game plan that a team has to be like, you have to respect this guy's defense? Well, or, I don't think you're reading into it too much at all. I think... Um, Teams absolutely go into facing the Spurs and purposely try to scheme away from Kawhi. Because if you look at that team, they're not a team of defenders. They're, they're a primarily offensive team. So there are plenty of other like guys you can go at that are either undersized, a little less athletic uh, than Kawhi. I mean, you got pretty much Kawhi, Danny Green. I mean, Tim Duncan, he was my shout-out third-place vote for this. For So kind of just quick shout-out. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan for having a, a beastie year at this, uh, at this age. But I think just with Kawhi, he is simply the best player in the NBA. My um, my assessment this year was first I looked for kind of the the center who anchors a defense and kind of changes every other one else's game plan and anchoring kind of the best defense, kind of like a, a Joakim Noah from mm-hmm. from last year or even uh, a Dwight back in Orlando when he was winning them. Kind of that center that just locks down, anchors anchors like the best defense. This season, I didn't necessarily see that. And if you look at one of the best defensive teams in the Warriors, and that would be kind of a vote for Bogut, who's a great defender, you have Draymond on that same team. Um, so you can't really call Bogut the anchor, you know, the be- the best defensive player. And, I mean, if, if you're just comparing Draymond versus Kawhi in terms of defense, I think Kawhi is the better defender. I think Kawhi is the best defender in the NBA. And my vote this season, because of a lack of kind of that defensive center anchor, I think the best defensive player deserves this award, and I think that's Kawhi. Also, we have to throw this out there. On April 5th of this year, against the Golden State Warriors, Kawhi Leonard had seven steals. It was a monster game, career or uh, season high for steals for him. Not that it makes much of a difference as to who, like, why you pick a given player, but I don't know. To me, it just it's it's Kawhi. I mean, Green's obviously a great defender as well, but it's hard to give him it over Kawhi Leonard. I I think I'm the only person in this group who disagrees. Who disagrees? But did not pick Kawhi Leonard. I think that uh, since he didn't play as much as he usually does because he got, obviously got injured. I would have said since he got less that much less time, I didn't pick him. Like I don't think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. I said DeAndre Jordan because DeAndre Jordan was just boo. hustling. No, don't yeah. even boo. Uh, I'm don't sorry. even boo. DeAndre Jordan was hustling people out there. He was the most athletic person and the most hust like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was trying the hardest. To get all of those rebounds, dude was ending other people's plays. 
other team's play, sorry. Just instantly. Dude is honestly just the center of that Clippers. Or yes, the center of the Clippers. But <laughs> Nice analysis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. He is hustling, he's Congrat- ending plays, and he's also the center of the Clippers. What Congra- more do you need? Congratulations, I can look at basketball reference. Too. <laughs> but you know, he's the center of that defense. Again, that, that also... Kind of That's sounds true. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's, 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 he's the, the defensive point. centerpiece. The defensive hey. centerpiece. Yeah. The anchor, if you will. Oh. Yes. There as you I was, go. As That's I the said many times before. <laughs> yes, DeAndre Jordan okay. is that important, and he played a lot of this year without Blake Griffin, and still put up those ridiculous numbers. Also, it's appropriate to call him an anchor because a clipper is a type of ship. Yeah. Whoa. There you go. I like oh. that. So but next okay, level Justin. Shit. Justin, I've got a quick thing to throw out, a quick little uh, rebuttal idea. And no, it's more of an idea because I'm not uh, you know, married to this idea or anything. I don't have the proper statistical uh, research to back it up. But if I said I thought in terms of guarding their position that Chris Paul was a better defender than DeAndre Jordan, uh, and I thought Chris Paul was probably the best defense, defensive player on the Clippers, how would you react to that? I wouldn't Damn. agree. I wouldn't agree. Oh, wait, really? No. Really? I think I still think that uh, Jenner Jordan is a better defender. Okay, I mean that that's fair. You're out. You're absolutely entitled to your opinion. I just it's just dumb. <laughs> I know it's not dumb. I think I'm kidding. I'm kidding. DeAndre, it's so it just this season it seems so easy to vote him defensive player of the year because like I was saying before he he has the appearance of that defensive anchor, but. I mean, he's still, like, he, he got a lot of, you know, he got his blocks, he's got his rebounds, but, I mean, I just, again, when you're comparing him to even, to, like, Draymond and to Kawhi, he doesn't affect the game plan as much as them. He, he's not as much of a, of a lockdown defender. There, there are ways to get around DeAndre, and I think a lot of his, uh, a lot of the support for him for defensive play of the year is because he's such a flashy player. Honestly, I think that, he doesn't necessarily guard his position the best, but he guards the team the best because you can't go into the lane when DeAndre Jordan's in the in the lane. You can't do it. You'll just get destroyed. It's just I don't know. I guess we just have a difference of opinion. But we'll watch teams scheme to bring him outside the lane a little bit, the lane a little bit, and then drive, pull a wing defender in, and kick it out for a three every single Damn, time. Damn, dude! Just I'm just saying. Right now. Watch, watch the Spurs <laughs> in the first round, and I guarantee you their ball movement absolutely fucks with DeAndre Jordan. I mean, yeah, in that case, it would probably work. But I don't know. I don't think most teams. Most teams are not the Spurs level of passing. Neither do a lot of teams have like quality, uh, what's it called, stretch fives where they can just put Matt Bonner in and post him or keep him at the three point line the entire time too. Okay, well wait. Well, if you get, let's say the Clippers get through the Spurs, then they got to go play the Warriors. Uh, Justin, you should you should leave the podcast. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's about yeah. the regular season. It's not about the postseason, anyways. Fair enough. <laughs> There you go. That's there you honestly, go. That's yeah, a good that, response. Yeah. DeAndre that's, that's Jordan. That's a fitting response. DeAndre Jordan, defensive field goal percentage, 46.4%. DeMarcus Cousins, 43.9%. So, Thanks, All right, John. that's it. Yep. Yep. No, no. Sorry, Justin, you lost. No, no, no. I mean, it, 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 they they do different things for their teams. I think I would say DeAndre Jordan's a better defender. Definitely a case for DeAndre, but... I like what Grant said, win, though, with Chris Paul being the best defender on that team. I think that's a good point. I have fucking uh, DeAndre Jordan as my number three. It's okay. 
I'm not, again, I remember, my third place uh, votes are shout-outs. And this was the one I thought Tim Duncan could fit in. And Tim Duncan had a beastie year, so he gets 14, my third place shout-out. But, I'll, I mean, I did think of putting DeAndre uh, in that spot. Like, he certainly has a case for it. I don't mean to be shitting all over DeAndre. I just think in the scheme of this race, he is undeserving. Um, but I think we've kind of beaten that horse. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Um, what do we have next? Coach of the Year? We have Coach of the Year next. And the winner of Coach of the Year was Steve Kerr. I mean, um, is there really anything to argue about with uh, this? John Justin, and argue. I, Justin and I both had. Oh, really? Holzer. I didn't notice that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, both, go yeah. for it. Give us your pitch. To me, it's the same thing as kind of like Curry, Harden for MVP. To me, it's like interchangeable. Um, personally, I said Budenholzer just because I feel like with what that team was last year, the eighth seed, granted, mm-hmm. you have to consider Al Horford was out for... Was he out for the whole year? Or was he even out for the year? Or may I just make but he was out for, out for a little bit. A long time. Right, I, so... I can't remember how many games... Like, yeah, but go ahead. That has to be part of why that team suffered. Uh, God, that's such a hyperbolic way to say they suffered. But such a big part of that team, that's why they didn't perform particularly well the previous season. But I think just like the way that that team plays basketball, you, you have to credit him. I mean, it's the same thing for Steve Kerr, though. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. I mean, I, also, I just think what he did with that team from last season to this season, I think that jump is much higher than jump that Boonholzer did and you have to factor in what you said with Al Horford coming back as well right. I think I think Kerr impacted his team more once Mark Jesus Jackson left I have to say I, also, honestly I'm sorry to cut you off but I would say the opposite I think though the Hawks made a bigger jump than what the Warriors did the Warriors already had made the second round last year correct no no yeah, it was the Thunder versus the Clippers. Thunder. You loser! No, <laughs> but still, they were sixty-seven better. They were, wins though. They were I mean, better. Come on, the, they were better than the 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 Hawks were last year. But you by a landslide. Conferences too. I mean, you have to put that into account. Mm-hmm. But still, I I still think Budenholzer. Me up with the amount of time that he had with that team. It's much more to his effect. You can argue that Mark Jackson. It's kind of did I know we we want to circle jerk and say he's like the worst person ever. Yeah. But with the foundation that he set up really helped Kerr a lot more than Budnozer's foundation, which was him himself. The stuff. No that one he gives did. credit to the caterpillar, man. They only right. care about the butterfly. <laughs> they only care about the butterfly <laughs> that came out of the cocoon. So <laughs> okay, uh, well let's. I just want to paint this picture quickly. So Very crude bear, bear, Bob so bear, Ross picture. Bear, bear with me for a second. The Golden State Warriors were 67 and 15, correct? Yep. Yes, they were. So that is basically a top five regular season record of all time. I think they're tied for fifth. There. So okay. Uh, that's uh, so the fifth. The tied for the fifth best record all time in the history of the NBA. They pretty much have the exact same team. Yes, a lot of their players took a step forward, but let's not forget the Splash Brothers still existed last year. Draymond still was is more of a uh, of a sixth man or maybe sixth seventh man last mm-hmm. year, but he was still on the team. Bogut was there. Everyone, uh, I'll be at, a little unhealthy, but go ahead. Everyone, yeah, but everyone was, uh, you know, for the most part healthy, and they make that kind of jump and post, you know, again the fifth best record all time. I think it's. Really, really purely Steve Kerr. I think he's just a way better basketball mind. Um, he understands his personality. He's better at scheming. I think Mark Jackson's kind of had a system versus 
a game plan, if that makes sense. A system is in, he ran his system to the death, and that's what happened. They got knocked out, whereas Steve Kerr will actually adjust on the fly. He'll he'll cater, you know, to who he's playing. And I think that shows it's like sixty seven and fifteen. Like that's fucking unbelievable. Like that is an unbelievable record. Like to me it was a toss up until I realized like the historical significance of a sixty seven and fifteen record. Yeah. And then that put it over the top and I think it just it really a lot of it is attributed to Steve Kerr. Now Budenholzer, great coach, did great things, but like you're saying, Horford basically missed all of last season. And then when Horford comes back, look at you know what his system is capable of doing. But at the same time, it was because he because he's got one of his players back. And again, Kerr had the better record, and that is kind of that is what it came down to. So the one thing I have to say also is I'm glad that and like I think it's less of like I'm glad we no one said this because we're all smart enough not to say it. I think, but like fuck anyone who's doing the whole like well Kerr inherited inherited a better team. It's like, stupid. He inherited a team and transformed it. Yeah, that's exactly. exactly why. That's like one of his bigger factors into giving him the thing is. He inherited the exact same team and did so much more with exactly. it. Exactly. So I guess that raises a question because I'm looking at all of our ratings and stuff, and Dave had Brad Stevens at number three. And I wonder if you can almost make a case that he gets like number two or something in someone's voting. I think. Uh, um, I can see it. I can see man, it. Man, because when you think about it, he has coached so well for that team. Like, That's he's going to be. Break. He's gonna be one of the next great coaches, I think. He, out, like, out of a timeout, he always manages to drop a really nice play that just like, like hell, it happened the other night with uh, Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I totally agree. Like Brad Stevens, uh, in terms of my third place shout-out vote, I was really, really torn between uh, Brad Stevens and Jason Kidd because I think um, top two, you know, Kerr and Bud. I think just both them, the way they transformed their teams and, you know, had that, that clear of a jump, they deserve one and two. I think both them could easily deserve a first place vote as well. But my shout out vote came down to Brad Stevens versus Jason Kidd. And if you look at the Bucks last year to this year, not that many different players. Um, you know, they had a hot start and then Jabari goes down and then they keep it up. And, you know, the, Brandon Knight's in and out of the lineup and he takes a team that had the worst record in the NBA you know, struggled to even get 10 wins to, you know, a, a top six team. And he, he coached a team to 500. Like, that's unbelievable. If you would have told me last year, mid, mid-season, that the Bucks would be a 500 team this year, I would have absolutely laughed in your face. Um, so my shout-out vote went to Jason Kidd, but it was it's like a tie. I think him and Brad Stevens are both kind of the next – they're they're kind of they're the next generation of coaches in terms of getting you know their first shot and I mean Kerr yeah it's his first team but you know he's he's been around a while I'm talking in terms of you know Jason Kidd jumps out of the NBA coaches the Nets to uh, the playoffs then says all right the Nets are a terrible organization I <laughs> want out goes to the team with the worst record because he just got buddies as the owner and then look at he entirely changes the culture of that team and I think. I don't know, just what he, what he was able to do. And a lot of it is coaching like and player development. Like He is doing really, really good things with, uh, with that roster. And I think you have to look at a guy like Giannis. Giannis is uh, continuing to improve. And I think Giannis on a lot of teams would be coddled and babied because and, they'd see him as their future. Jason Kidd says, no, 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 no. Giannis, you piss me off. You do, you do something wrong. You, are, you become a detriment to the team at some point. 
you're not going to play next game. I'm yeah. going to teach you a lesson. You're referring to that thing towards the end of the regular season where you like benched him and never really talked about it. Yeah, which another thing uh, to say about Jason Kidd, I think uh, last year after uh, you know he purposely spilled Diet Coke, I was like, okay, you're in, you're in over your head. You are not that great of a coach. You don't know what you're doing. But after seeing that whole uh, scenario happen, and then in the aftermath, it, ne- it was never leaked why Giannis was benched. In almost, I'd say in 20 other organizations, the second their player gets benched, it's immediately leaked what happened, when it happened. There's, you know, some media members, you know, vine of it happening or something. Um, here, like, I don't know. He just, it, it didn't leak. It just, it shows that he's doing really good things with the organization, I think. For me, I, I gave my final vote to Greg Popovich. But the more I start to think about it, I can see a really good case for Jason Kidd. I think the one thing that I've liked about Kidd this season is he's willing to be experimental with who he has in that lineup. Absolutely. Like, he had plenty of plays where Giannis would bring the ball up the floor. You know, yeah, and which is really entertaining. Like in the fourth quarter I was talking about earlier in our uh, Bulls-Bucks preview, there are games where he just says Giannis, ISO. For the last five minutes of the game, I don't care if we win, I don't care if we lose, yeah. but I'm going to develop you and you're going to learn how to play at the end of the game. So he's going to let him go out there, do a spin move, turn the ball over. He's going to go out there, let him go ISO, spin, kick it, and then you know Chris Middleton hits a three, go ISO, get to the rim. He's, he's going to let him make mistakes, but also succeed at the same time. And yeah. I think he's just he's doing wonders for the development of that roster. And I'm excited to see what he does with uh, Jabari. But one quick thing I wanted to say about your Popovich vote. I totally disagree with voting Greg Popovich coach of the year this year, not because he doesn't deserve it, but because he's definitely not going to win the award. And again, like I said, third place votes are more shout out votes and Popovich doesn't want coach of the year. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want, care. He, he doesn't want any business. He's He's won the award. He's done with it. Um, you know, these third place votes should be going to these coaches that, yeah, they didn't coach their team to the best, you know, uh, record in their conference. But they took middling, just kind of bad teams and brought them to the playoffs. And like Jason Kidd did, he took a team with the worst record to a 500 record in one season with essentially the same roster. So to me, I guess acceptable third place votes for people would be Brad Stevens, Jason Kidd, Monty Williams, maybe? No. Monty Williams. What are you talking about, you loser? No. Uh, let's see who else. Thibodeau, maybe. No. Eh. Yeah. I think it, it pretty much it it stops at the at the five. LeBron, I think it, I think it goes Kerr, Bud, uh, Jason Kidd, Brad Stevens, Popovich. I don't think there's really another coach that has earned uh, a coach of the year um, vote. But what about uh, anything? Trying to think of other coaches. Yeah, fuck it. I, I got nothing. What? So, maybe. Ugh. No. no. Kidding. No. It was a joke. Relax. Do we to jump, to jump in though before we end this? Uh, I agreed with you, Grant. I almost put Jason Kidd as my number three. I feel like he's pretty close to deserving it, but I wanted to write Greg Pop a bitch on there just for fun. Well, there you go. Are you condoning violence towards Ray women? Rice? Oh no! <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, <laughs> next category, most improved player, pretty much unanimous. I mean, I don't think I'm going to vote anyone different. Jimmy Butler gets it from us. Other which, names, go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, which 
Homer disclaimer. Yes, that I it, think it's it, not even Homer. I think he he's still running away. No, well, g- give me a second. I he I in my opinion he deserves it, but I think between him and Gobert, either yeah. one would be acceptable. Yep. And I understand if non Bulls fans are going to vote Gobert because, like I said before, with my Clark with Clarkson, there's that recency bias. You know, there. You know, Jimmy had a great start to the year. And then he kind of he he got a little injured. Then he came back and he he didn't necessarily fall off because you know he averaged twenty points a game for the first time uh, in his career this year. So I mean, you can see that he he played a, had a great year. But his big explosion happened at the beginning of the year. Whereas Gobert, um, once kinda, Enos Cantor left, yeah, it, 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 yeah, he really uh, excelled once Enos Cantor left. But it was really it's kind of around the, like the first of the year that you really started seeing this Gobert guy. I saw. The Jazz play the Bulls. I think it was right after the first of the year, and I was just like, "Who the hell is this guy?" The only reason I knew about Gobert was because Two K random teams tried to dump him off on me. You know, every single trade deadline. <laughs> um, and then I watched him play in person, and, and I was just kind of like, "I was just wow." You know, Blown this away. guy. This guy is really good. Um, but I think again, he's still a you know a little young. I think Jimmy Butler just going from a guy who was looked at as you know the rest of his career he was going to just be a defensive uh, defensive stopper defensive stud everyone saying he you know he can't shoot the three he's got no offensive game and to explode and uh, lead the Bulls in points per game is pretty un- is pretty unbelievable unbull evable ha 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 um, <laughs> the delivery uh, on that joke man right um, <laughs> but. I, I just think that's kind of what set it over the top. And again, I understand. Like, if you tell me Gobert is most improved player, I listen to you. Um, even Draymond Green, I think deserves. He was my shout out uh, third place vote. I think he's he's done a lot of really good things. He's really shown an improvement. Um, the one guy I don't. Yeah, I want really, to talk about this guy. I don't yeah, want to get you too I'll, riled up, but let no, me just. I, yeah, you go for it. We I'll have Dave it. having a white. To have Whiteside third, we have John second, and Chris Chris second, Bobby second. Oh, wow, that's a lot more than I thought. Zach second, and Jake third for Whiteside. And, yeah, I get the whole storyline of he was out of the league, he came back, and it's just been a monster. But I feel like his stats are kind of inflated a little bit, you know? I feel like he's grabbing boards just because no one else on the team does. I feel like he's scoring just because he gained a lot of touches. I don't feel like he could, he's doing anything that's really – yeah, he's doing something amazing, but I don't think he's doing something like crazy that's like most improved player worthy. I just feel like this is this is like a Lynn Sanity kind of situation. You so know? to you, it's kind of like he was in the right place at the right time, kind of thing. Like yeah, he like, had the opportunity in front of him and he's took it. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Grant uh, earlier about we were talking with Whiteside left the Heat. How would he play? And we both agreed that we don't think he'd be anywhere close to what he's doing right now. I feel like he's more of a system player, whereas someone like Butler or Gobert could succeed on any team. It's interesting, like, looking back on it now, like, realistically, I probably should have him switched with Rudy Gobert for my number two and number mm-hmm. three, respectively. Um, yeah, honestly, you, you guys kind of sold me on it now. <laughs> there you did. go, man. Yeah, <laughs> guys got to go into like, advertising or something. I like Whiteside, though. I mean, yeah. I know Grant Grant's pretty low on his character, but I think Whiteside's a pretty good player. 
Yeah, no, he's got to kind of get some shit together. I mean, like, there yeah. was some stuff like earlier in the season. Not really earlier. It was, like, after the All-Star break where he was clearly just... Has, like, the worst four hours of my yeah, life. The worst four hours of my life. I'm like, you have gone through worse things in your life than that. Like, don't worry, dude. <laughs> I got yelled at by UD40, man. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not sold on him going forward, honestly. I mean, I, I'm i not disregarding his season. He had a, he had a good season. Yeah. Um, A lot of it, to me, though, is... Yes, he was in the league, but he was never really in the league. You know, he he had a, he had a game here, a game there. He, he had you know, like a little bit here and there, but then he you know went to the D League, went to uh, China for a year, and then he he came back. And I think it was more of um, he finally caught on with a team that was able that was supported him the right way, so he was able to kind of blossom. And they really really needed a guy like him on the Heat, so he was able to blossom that way. Uh, I'm just, I don't think he necessarily improved from anything though. I think a lot of this was probably there before and he just kind of had to get his attitude in check and he had to find the right team to fall in the right situation to fall into with, uh, you know, two time NBA champion head coach, uh, Spolstra and with Pat Riley running things and Mm -hmm. keeping him in check. So I think a lot of his quote unquote, most improved player was attributed to just being in the right situation. I think a lot of the skill was already there. He didn't go from being in the league for three years as only a defensive player to all of a sudden averaging 20 points for an entire season. Yeah. It's kind of like what, like what is he improving from even? Yeah. And I think that is a big reason why I don't really listen to, you don't, there's no starting, like this is a starting point. This is essentially his quote unquote, rookie, rookie season. Yeah. Like it really is. It's essentially his rookie season. You know, yes, I know he's been to the NBA before, but he never got real minutes. Um, so there's nothing really to improve on. Like this is him. This is him coming into the league. You know, let's see what he does going forward. But I just don't think when you're comparing him to a guy like uh, Draymond or Gobert or Butler, he just does not match up as a most improved player to me. Yeah. You opening ping pong balls over there? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Like what the hell is that? Ayush. What? But, yeah, from your microphone, there is like sounds like something opening or like ping pong balls falling. Really? Yeah, you're just getting oh, excited sorry. for the lottery, aren't you? <laughs> exactly, dude. White side gig teamed up with Okafor, man. Oh my god. <laughs> god. He's ready for it. So, but, um, but oh, that, can I just can I just jump in though yeah, and ahead. say that? You know what? I forgot what I was gonna say. Fuck. Oh, do you want ping pong balls? I'm sorry. Do you want to dive into six man of the year for us, Justin, and give us? who you had and who you think should have gotten it and whatnot. Yeah, why not? Uh, to be honest, though, I didn't really follow any of the six men this year. So I actually just copied what you guys said. <laughs> you blew it. You chose I, Justin. Justin. This is you the chose worst. Justin. This is the worst. Yeah, this is the worst one to pick me to do it. So. <laughs> okay, I, cool. So. I, I, I said Lou Williams, IT, and Jamal Crawford. So you're saying that basically your vote for Lou Williams isn't even a real vote, and that you probably should have just voted for the correct choice, which was Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah T, boy. No, I honestly, this is like where the, this is like when the media member comes up and he's like, yeah, I didn't even follow the NBA this year. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) So, so yeah, so as a podcast and website, we all pick, well, we didn't all pick this, but the voting was tallied up and Lou Williams won for six man of the year. Something that Grant and I were talking Ooh, a lot one. about oh. recently, meaning earlier today. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas should get six man of the year. Yep. I think I used agrees with it. 
Grant That's agrees with it. Absolutely. Quickly, just set the stage. He only started one game this year. Mm. One. One game. So okay. there we go. So that's he's absolutely a sixth man, whether he was traded or not. So let's set the stage for there. And then I know, John, you've got some statistics that I asked you uh, to find for me because I did not have access to the internet earlier. And that is the Celtics record before and after Isaiah. So pre-Isaiah... 20 and 33. So 13 games under 500. Correct. Thanks, Grant. After Isaiah, 20 and 9. So 11 games over 500. Justin, you want to you rethink that a little bit? I mean, I didn't think about it in the first place. So. <laughs> right, right. So right, basically, right. We want, we're, we're trying to sell you on it, I guess. I think just seeing what Isaiah Thomas was able to do by going over to the Celtics, like they do not improve that much without Isaiah Thomas. Um, I just, I don't think they're in the playoffs without him. Yeah. They don't think less. Yeah. You guys have convinced me, even though you didn't really need that much convincing, but you believe you just say Isaiah Thomas. I would have changed my mind right away. Yeah. I mean, I could have just read my list wrong. And (laughs) I just agreed with it. Cool. There you go. You guys, I mean, yeah, it's so my third pick, which might raise a few eyebrows, was Josh Smith. For six I, I, I like that pick. I uh, and we we were talking about this actually on our first attempt at this pod, and I think you uh, you had a you had a fairly valid argument. Again, remember the third place is basically just a shout out vote. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, John, sell us. So shout out vote to Josh <laughs> Smith. Uh, Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, no problem. That's all. <laughs> nice sell. No, god damn it. So, with the Detroit Pistons when he was on that team, and everyone was completely miserable having him over there, he was shooting thirty nine percent. With the Houston overall. Rockets, yeah, overall coming off okay. the bench for the Houston Rockets, shooting forty three percent, and from three he was, um, god damn, I'm struggling to read this. Okay, so from three he was it's so uh, bad. Four percent from three with the Pistons, thirty-three percent with the Rockets. So better. Just curious, you would happen to have the the record before and after like you did with Isaiah? Ah, I wish. I do not though. Okay, just, just wondering. Significantly better though. Do you think? Or do you I don't think, know. I, I don't uh, know about significantly better. I mean, I think it was more of just uh, he helped them win games more. I mean, the Rockets were were very good before him. Before they and then they retooled a bit. Got Corey Brewer got Josh Smith. Um, but I think it, it was the culture there, and it was uh, – I, I don't want to say they, they coddled him, but I think Mikhail let him play a little more freely, gave him uh, a lot more freedom to, to work within his own game, and was just kind of like, hey, you know, if you got the open three, I don't care. Take it. Who cares? But you know what? Maybe if you're guarded, just pass it. You, you'll get the ball next time. Like, and he, again, he's getting paid less. He's not on you know, like a, the $12 million – contract where he's expected to carry the team i think just a lot of what houston had to offer was him basically being a sixth man uh, coming off the bench not being the focal point of a team and just being able to contribute and i think he definitely i think he really excelled in that role i think again shouting him out i think he definitely deserves it like you're saying john because you know he was shit on after that, after the Pistons cut him, like everyone was saying, how you know genius the Pistons were, how they were so happy Van Gundy had the balls to cut him, and I mean that sucks. Like if you, th- I mean as a player, 
especially hearing that, that can't be good. And then he goes and he's still able to kind of salvage his season. And he goes, he signs with a contender because he wants to win, which is, says another thing about him, is willing to come off the bench. Um, I think he advocated for coming off the bench at one point too, so he wouldn't mess with their chemistry. And I think he's really excelled in that role. And he absolutely deserved a shout out. Yeah, I'm glad he agreed. I was worried that like he's gonna get a lot of like what the hell is he talking about by by throwing him in there. Um do you guys want to dive into any of the other picks for um six man nah. of the year? Nah, I just uh cheated and shouted out Gobert because I didn't uh give him most improved player and I felt like he deserved votes in multiple categories. So I cheated and put him as my third six man of the year because he technically uh, started less, less games. games so he can technically be a six man so I just kind of shouted him out again because he did have a monster season alright well there you go there you have it uh, it's been cool if we threw Rudy, uh, Rudy Gobert in like every category or something like even for rookie of the year like fuck it just put him in there <laughs> yeah, who cares coach of the year Rudy coach, of, yeah, coach of the year Rudy Gobert yeah that about wraps up our podcast though right um, yeah, I think we just have a few announcements. Um, first, we are doing a uh, bracket for, it's kind of like a March Madness bracket. It is, I believe it's nbabracketology.com. Um, I don't know, if you Google NBA brackets, it's one of the first uh, ones that come up too. Um, and we are the Free Cheese and Hot Sauce group, which is uh, the main podcast and website we are all a part of, which is the Bulls one. But please fill out a bracket, put it in there. It's free, it's fun, and you can prove that you are more intelligent than people who are uh, doing this podcast. And so that'll be fun. You can brag and talk shit to us. Uh, the other little uh, thing I wanted to talk about was if uh, you have listened to a previous podcast, you probably noticed something different at the beginning and that was our intro music. We uh, have uh, actually one of uh, my friends. He's uh, go. He goes by uh, DJ Crane Rec. Uh, he, he has uh, some. He had some good beats, and he let us use them for his intro. You'll probably be hearing more of those. And uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. It's spelled C R A one N W R three C K. Spells Crane Rec. Um, if you Google that too, I'm sure you will be brought to his page and hopefully we will put a link in the info section or at least mm-hmm. the spelling of that in the info. Definitely. But yes, um, that is our new music and we are very thankful that he uh, let us use those. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, like, it seems like a lot of, especially with the stuff with like Def Pen, we realize we have to kind of be a bit more careful with copyright stuff. So it's very generous with him to use his music. So yeah, it's awesome. Glad you have connections. <laughs> yes, yes, all those connections that uh that I have. Um anybody else have announcements or last minute uh last you know? Uh I guess since we don't have like a end show donut thing, um um what the hell are we supposed to do with iTunes? Oh yeah, so <laughs> subscribe to us. Rate us on iTunes and Pocket Cast. And Stitcher or we don't have that? Stitcher yet, no. Alright, don't Coming do up, that though. That's a work in progress. Um follow us on Twitter at mw exception that's that's gotta be it right yep that's sloppy okay whatever uh sorry for team didn't make the playoffs there's always next year bye